0: is a stand up and talk for my rights. I know what that is. See? And I don't care who the guy is. Because my right is my right. Get up,
1: stand up. Stand up for your right.
2: Ask the Lawyer with Brian Figaro, founder and senior partner at the law firm of Figaro & Associates. Mr. Figaro opened his private practice in downtown Brooklyn in 1996. He specializes in personal injury, immigration, matrimonial law, bankruptcy, and wills and estate planning, with a strong emphasis on litigation matters. As the Lawyer features Brian's legal advice as he answers the listeners' questions and shares his insights in achieving your goals and objectives. Every week, Ask the Lawyer also features interviews and guests related to Mr. Figueroa's interests outside the law. Guests and topics include health and wellness, the civil rights war, music production, writers, as well as international and local political and religious leaders. Wide-ranging, fun, informative radio, that's Ask the Lawyer with Brian Figueroa. Ask the lawyer any question you like via email at B-F-I-G-E-R-O-U-X at msn.com. That is Figaro at msn.com for legal advice regarding specific situations. Appointments at the office will be made when you call 855-768-8845. Again... Please note that submitting questions do not create an attorney-client relationship. This is Ask the Lawyer. You have
1: questions? We've got the answers. Call us right now for a free, no-obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issues or concerns that you may have. The number to call, the number to share, and the number to keep is eight five five seven six eight 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 four five. That's eight five five seven six eight 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 four five. Or you can visit us at www.askthelawyer.us. That's www.askthelawyer.us. Mr. Figaro I know you attended a few demonstrations. One of them, in particular, you spoke about your pride in how our youth made very emotional, informative, and solution-oriented presentations that gave you hope for the future. Can you elaborate?
3: Good day, good day, good day. Brian Figaro, Figaro & Associates. Ask the lawyer. You got questions, we got answers, and please don't be shy to give us a call. Share this, you know, this opportunity for free consultations via phone. With your friends, families, and those who may need any sort of legal assistance, um, sharing is loving. And, you know, I attended several marches recently. Um, I have, you know, my office is overlooking the borough president's office in downtown Brooklyn, so various marches come there to meet me, and that's convenience. and. I would go downstairs and listen to the speakers. Um, one of those matches, I, I, I shared my megaphones because I bought two of them recently um, so that anyone any group that comes and they don't have the proper you know um, means of having everyone in the audience hear them, you know, I would share with them. And one of those groups, uh, was at the borough president's office, and um, so youths ranging from sixteen, I would say to probably twenty-two, gave various presentations. Uh, they talked about um, you know the schools that they attend and the security that are at these schools. They spoke about the interactions with the uh, NYPD, and uh, not always, obviously best of experiences. They spoke about segregated schools in New York City, whether it be you know elementary school, junior high, high school. And to a certain degree there's segregation in the college from the point of view that um, you know people attend the same colleges and they don't really um, interact with each other. And that is a, a way of life that a lot of people have adjusted to you know, throughout the decades. When we had Brown v. Board of Ed, the famous case with Fulgood Marshall who fought for desegregation in America. Um, they spoke about all the mental issues that people were facing because of separatism laws. And here we are almost a half a century afterwards. Um, and the issue is the same. And obviously, we know George Floyd's death was obviously tragic. He cannot breed. But we know Gardner, he couldn't breed either. Um, you know, His sister is one of our clients here in the office and You know we have spoken about obviously her her brother's death and obviously a very tragic one for their family. But in New York City you know it took George Floyd in New York State for them to pass a law in Albany recently to ban chokeholds. And you think okay well you know the kids are talking about segregated schools. We spoke about this on this program already. Um, several times, and yet still we have a Democratic mayor and a Democratic governor who never really addressed the issue. So, you know, this is not a Republican issue, although the president, KKK Russian Trump, um, tries to light fire. But the Democrats in New York State, they did nothing, and that's tragic. The governor hasn't done anything to desegregate um, New York City Public Schools, the, you know, the most segregated public school in the country, and taking away funding from the NYPD for to give for social services, you know, it's kind of disturbing. Why did we in the first place overfund the NYPD? Why did we, you know, have the NYPD look like a military organization? Um, and we have to obviously take stock of all of this. Next year, 2021 is when there's 35 seats for the New York City con- City Council available, and I'm hoping that these youths would participate in the democracy that we have here in New York City and get elected, because some of the older Black and Hispanic folks, they seem to want to Pander to the leadership here in New York City as opposed to challenge them to fund the Summer Youth Employment Pro- Program, S-Y-E-P, Summer Youth Employment Program that gives black and Hispanic kids, thousands of them every year, the opportunity to work during the summer. We need programs like that not to be in jeopardy. We need more programs where the kids could interact with corporate America. J.P. Morgan and all those corporations on Wall Street, they don't hire our people, black and Hispanics. We need to see J.P. Morgan, Citibank, HSBC, TD Bank. We need to see more black and Latino um, jobs. Not at entry-level positions, where they just rotate people there, but also in jobs in middle management and management. So these banks on Wall Street, these large corporations, we need them to hire more Black and Hispanics. We need Amazon to pay their frontline workers more money. We need to see a union... At Amazon. We need to see a union at Walmart. We need to see a union at other retail establishments. We need to see college funds for those young people working at these institutions. We need the governor and the mayor to take that statue down at Columbus Circle. We don't need a Columbus statue here in New York. State. Yes, it's an Italian hero for Italians, but, they are n- but he's not a, a hero for Native Americans. He's not a hero for African Americans. He perpetuated slavery. He came here with slaves. Christopher Columbus is not a martyr or a hero for people of color. In fact, he is a destroyer, like Pizarro and Cortez, these conquerors. We need to make changes, significant changes. And we don't blame present-day Italians for Christopher Columbus, but we could blame sons and daughters of Italy, the ones in Arizona, who perpetuate anti-immigrant sentiments on that border down there. So, everyone has to stay, take stock, including the governor, including the mayor. So, yes, you could celebrate your Italian, Italian heritage differently. We need significant changes, not token changes. When we turn on our TV, whether it be ABC, NBC, CBS, we need to see more broadcasters of color. We need the New York Times to hire more people of color. We need the Daily News, the New York Post, all of those newspaper organizations and media to have people of color. And not people of color who you're going to censor, but people of, of color who could speak eloquently about our trials and tribulations. We need Rupert Murdoch, the most powerful newspaper, radio, TV media, giant. We needed we need him to reform Fox because when I go to that channel, just to, and I shouldn't even go there, but you, you need to hear how they speak. It is consistent consistently, bad facts or no facts, and racist commentary. We do not need Rupert Murdoch to make money by division, by war, creating war between black people and white people. We need media that is going to represent what America should be, not a racist society, not us. A society that takes away from us. We need change, significant change. This is the time. There will not not be another time. In order to really honor George Floyd, those changes have to be now. What we are compiling on our websites, Diversity, Inclusion and Equality, this is a nonprofit that we started this year. Uh, just before the pandemic, uh, through that nonprofit organization, Diversity, Inclusion and Equality, die D-I-E, um, what we're going to do is have information there, not o- only about how you implement diversity and inclusion, but also what changes have been made and what changes should be made.
1: Thank you, Mr. Figaro. And you can visit nycmediatraining.org, nycmediatraining.org, where you can learn about diversity, inclusion, and equality. Remember, this is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions. We've got the answers. Call us right now for a free, no-obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issue or concern that you may have. The number to call. The number to share and the number to keep is 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. Or you can visit us at www.askthelawyer.us. That's www.askthelawyer.us. Hey, New York. Let's protect our children. Look for signs of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. This is a new health condition associated with COVID-19. Seek care if your child has a persistent fever and any of these symptoms. Irritability, sluggishness, abdominal pain, diarrhea, vomiting, lack of appetite, red or pink eyes, red cracked lips, red tongue swollen hands or feet or a rash if your child is severely ill go to the emergency room or call 911 immediately
0: Does the thought of bankruptcy keep you up at night the fear of losing your home the harassing calls from creditors your wages being garnished how will you survive what will you do The law firm of figaro and Associates will protect you Figueroa & Associates is one of the most sophisticated consumer bankruptcy law firms in the country and they will fight to protect your rights. Have the peace of mind knowing that your case is being handled by experienced consumer bankruptcy attorneys. Don't let the bank take your home. There is a way out. Call the law firm of Figueroa & Associates today for a free consultation. 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. The law firm of Figueroa & Associates will explain all your options and help you decide the best course of action. Schedule your free consultation today. 855-768-8845 855-768-8845 or visit 311bankruptcy.com That's 855-768-8845 or visit 311bankruptcy.com and put those sleepless nights to bed.
3: Every day, thousands of people
4: get injured in accidents, many of which are due to someone else's negligence. The difference between getting the right compensation and getting nothing often starts with finding the right attorney.
1: Call the law firm of
4: Figueroa & Associates. Their attorneys are experienced in the complex area of personal injury law. Get the right legal team that understands you. The consultation is free. No settlement, no
3: fee. Let Figueroa & Associates help you get compensated for your injuries. Call now. To schedule an appointment, call 1-855- 7, 6, 8, 8, 8, 4, 5.
0: that is 18557688845 divorce separation support custody the common factor they keep you up at night to Go through, don't do it alone. Stop the sleepless nights and call the law firm of Figaro and Associates, 855 768 8845. That's 855 768 8845, or visit 311divorce.com. That's 311divorce.com. At the law firm of Figaro and Associates, a divorce is not the end, it's a new beginning.
1: Yes, this is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions, we've got the answers. Call us right now for free, no-obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issue or concern that you may have. The number to call, the number to share, and the number to keep is 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. And you can call us on issues such as personal injury, did you slip and fall, Were you in an auto accident? Did you get hurt on the job? Wills, estate planning, landlord and tenant, taxes, real estate, small business, family law, child support, child custody, alimony, prenup, postnup, immigration, petitioning for a loved one, a family member, filing for citizenship with or without an arrest, getting your green card replaced or renewed. And we're going to be focusing right now on immigration. Want to welcome Brian Figaro Esquire, legal advisor for the Immigrants Journal Legal and Educational Fund, member of ALA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association, practicing immigration law for over two decades. Mr. Figaro, you have indicated in previous interviews that USCIS has statistics where. It is their observation that almost 50% of all spousal petitions may not be bona fide. First, are spouses aware of this? And two, can you explain the process for spousal petitions?
3: Yes, Ms. Philip. And um, when immigration referred to a marriage as not being bona fide, what they mean by this from a legal perspective is that at the time of the marriage, when those two parties entered into the marriage, that their intent was not a real marriage, but intent. the intent was for green card purposes. So, um, what does that mean? And oftentimes, you know, people complain when they, you know, come in for a consultation, um, you know, as to whether or not their spouse might be in this, not for, obviously, love, but for a, a green card purpose. So, it may be, uh, a, a female spouse being duped by a male spouse Or a male spouse being duped by a female spouse um, The other issue that we have out there is you know, If you are an undocumented person When do you tell that person that you have developed a relationship with That you have fell in love with And when do you tell that person that you are undocumented And not only, obviously, you're entering in this marriage in good faith And it's a bona fide relationship, but, you know, that you also would like that person to petition for you. Um, Do you tell them at the beginning? Do you tell them in the middle? Do you tell them at the end? And obviously, there's no perfect answer for this, but obviously, you should be um, honest to that U.S. citizen spouse or green card holder spouse that you're here in the United States and obviously you're undocumented. Uh, some, you know, some spouses have a fear that if they disclose their legal status to someone, that's that someone may use it in ways to, I don't know, blackmail them for sex, um, or use that informa- information to treat them badly. Um, also, even in a marriage, um, you know, sometimes you know we have had people refer to them as green card slavery that you entered into this marriage as a bona fide marriage but the other spouse because you're undocumented because they're petitioning for you you find that they have unreasonable demands in a relationship whether that those demands be financial um, from a love perspective um, you know the person may be staying out late or may have an affair and they believe because you are undocumented it gives them the authority to treat you with disrespect, to treat you, you know, as someone who is obviously, um, you know, beneath them, so to speak. So these are very serious issues for um, people that are undocumented. Because when you come to the U.S. and you remain here and you become undocumented, um, you become undocumented one day from the time your I-94 expires. So some people actually believe that because they have a visa, they, you know it goes beyond you know, the date that they overstayed, and that's not true. From the day that you overstay, it's invalid. And then there's the issue of unlawful presence. If you're in the U.S. and you overstay your time by six months, if you leave the United States, you're subject to a three-year bar. If you overstayed by one year and you leave the U.S., you're subject to a ten-year bar. So a lot of people who may have come here and overstayed their vacations on their visitor's visa or other visas for one reason or another are in a dilemma now because if they leave the U.S., they may be subject to this three-year or ten-year bar, and they may have family or loved ones here in the U.S. that they want to remain close to, especially, you know, a popular one is when you have parents here and they may not be, you know, um, in the best of health. Or you have siblings here and they have children or their spouses may not in the best of health. Uh, Sometimes people obviously come and they overstay because they get a job. They were unemployed in the country that they came from. And now that nanny job or or, or taking care of the elderly worker, you know, domestic workers, some in construction, obviously, you find that obviously they have a better opportunity from an economic perspective. So it is not new that people would... remain in the U.S. for economic reasons, because the Irish, the Italians, the Jews, everyone, when they came to the U.S. in the past, um, they had their own reasons, both economic and social, why they remained in the U.S. Um, The big problem with immigration now, especially in this Trump era, is that, you know, There's a big concern that the people who are coming here are people from Africa, the Caribbean, Latin America, and they would prefer to obviously have people from Norway and other European countries, and even not even Eastern European countries. So they prefer white as opposed to people of color, you know, black, Hispanic, Asian, what have you. So there's a huge race element in in terms of who the U.S., current president and his allies, the KKK, would like to remain here in the United States of America. So, having said this, uh, Miss Philip, I think that answers the first part of your question in terms of, okay, you know, do spouses and, and obviously know that they're in a bona fide marriage, a bona fide relationship, because uh, it is one of the few areas that people could legalize in. And people may be motivated to not find that perfect spouse and settle for whomever they want to marry, because obviously that person is documented. So there's obviously an element of that. But immigration doesn't care if you entered into the marriage for green card purposes and then fell in love with with the person. Because when you got married, your intent was not marriage, a bona fide marriage, but one of convenience. So you can't say, "Okay, well, I fell in love with uh, the person after we got married." They want to know that before you got married, the marriage that you, in- you you went into was bona fide day one.
1: So, how do you prove that it's you know a bona, a bona fide, bona fide marriage, relationship, right. a bona fide sorry marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and that you had that intention?
3: Right. So, what immigration looks at is what every marriage is all about. When you get married. Um, what what happens? You understand what I'm saying? Um, do you have the necessary documents to show that you live together? So you can't get married to someone in Florida and you live in New York. How bona fide is that marriage you if know, you live in a different figure, state? You can't get married to someone in New York and your spouse live in Connecticut or uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, those long distance relations or Virginia, or what have you? So immigration is their position obviously, is that if you're married, it's a bona fide marriage. You should live in the same state, in the same county, in the same house. Obviously, that's a bona fide marriage. So you have to prove that you live in the same house together. And how do you prove this? Well, the lease should be in both spouses' name. You know, the gas, electricity, telephone, cable, all the bills that come to the home should be in both spouses' name. Um, joint tax return should be um, filed during the married marriage, either married filing jointly or married filing separately, not single or head of household, because if you file single of he- or head of household, it means that you do not live together. Um, your driver's license or your state ID, all of those documents must show that you live together. You cannot have a tax return and file jointly and the W-2 has different addresses, so sometimes people may file a tax return and they forgot to tell the employer. to Okay, this is my new address. You understand? So the the addresses on the W twos should correspond with the tax return and with um, you know whatever filings that you make. Um, if there's children together, that's great. The husband's name should be on the birth certificate. Um, if they are you know, uh, brothers and sisters, not of the marriage stepchildren and they live. You know, they live together. Then the, their school address um, should be obviously the the school that they go to should be close to the home that they live in. Um, you can unless the child lives with the, with the other parent. So you could if you want to petition for those children, you have to show that either they live abroad or they live here with you at your home, or they may be living with their father or their mother. If they have different addresses, so these are obvious signs that if these documents are not corresponded, that this may not be a bona fide marriage. That the parties actually live apart. The wedding was it a civil wedding? Was it a ceremonial, a church wedding? Or, you know, a religious we- wedding. Um, they look at that also, and if and in either case, obviously you must have pictures. If you have a reception, pictures at the reception, sometimes, obviously, resources are limited, and people may have a civil ceremony rather than a religious ceremony. But any lady that gets married, for the most part, they'll they'll have a nice picture album, pictures, obviously, of the couple before they got married, you know, um, whether it be barbecues, luncheons, what have you. You know, people, it's a, a... A picture generation. Everybody takes pictures, more so now than ever. But you have to print it, create your picture album to show, listen, you know, this is us when we met, this is us at our wedding, and this is us since the wedding. Um, Obviously, wedding pictures are important, and they want to see, obviously, family members from both sides of the marriage in those pictures, you know. So... Those are evidence that shouldn't be a problem if it's a bona fide marriage, because this is what people do. How about your Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn? Uh, These are um, online sources that the immigration officer could visit easily. So if you have a Facebook and you're married, you're a married couple, and... Each Facebook shows that, you know, there might be different relationships. Well, why, why is the wedding pictures not there? Why is this lady with this other gentleman? And who's this other gentleman or who's this other lady? So your Facebook activities, like any other t- activities, is open. Um, you know, they could just Google you and they could pull up all sorts of information as to, you know, who who is in your life or not in your life, and if they believe that the marriage is not bona fide, then they could have what we call a Stokes interview.
1: So we b- before we go and discuss what a Stokes interview is, Mr. Figaro, you spoke you know about a bona fide re- marriage, and sometimes fake can look you know just as real. And in real marriages, sometimes the spouses do live out of state because for ch- you know work purposes, if the person is a salesman, they travel a lot. Or you know, these are real situations. So
3: Right, so don't marry a salesman. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but he's making good money uh-huh. and he's
1: not around all the time.
3: Right. <laughs> but was he around for the wedding?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we got married. Where is his
3: tax returns and his W twos? You understand? No, but so, there are situations. And where why people would he be living a lot in another state. state? Traveling a lot is not the same as living in another state. So if your spouse has a driver's license for another state and you have for another state. That's obviously a big issue. You You have to live in one state. I
1: mean, this is 2020 and even before 2020, there's this thing called long distance relationships and people Mm -hmm. have started relationships that way and it has Mm -hmm. grown and it has become serious Mm -hmm. and it has, you know, moved on to the next level. So these are things that happen for real, Mm -hmm. you know. Somebody could be living in a house with you, and it's and it's less of a real marriage than somebody mm. who is in another state. So, right. A good indicator know?
3: of this is wherever your driver's license is—that's your official state of residence. Mm. All right. Obviously, wherever you file your taxes is the official state of residence, and you cannot have conflicting information because immigration would believe it's not a bona fide marriage, and the next step is. Let's the have Stokes. a Stokes interview. Okay,
1: so before we go on to the Stokes interview, we want to remind you that this is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions. We've got the answers. Take your immigration issues seriously. It could be the difference between being legalized and being deported. And call us right now. You have the opportunity for free, no obligation legal consultation. And the number to call is 855-768-8845. That's 855 768 Eight eight four five. So let's talk about the big bad wolf right now, Mr. Figaro. The Stokes interview.
3: All right. So the big bad wolf is not really the Stokes interview. The big bad wolf is the attitude of people that believe that immigration has a, a bunch of stupid people and who do not know their job. And these um, immigration officers, they do ne- they, they do this all the time. So they know their job mm-hmm. and they could have certain suspicions that would obviously lead them to schedule a Stokes interview. The the big problem over the years what I've seen is how some people are very nonchalant about these interviews. And they believe, look, I could, let me just fill out these forms, I'm going to take it in, I'll send it in and, these in, and I'll tell any little story to immigration, and they will believe that my marriage is bona fide, when in fact it is not. Mm-hmm. And that nonchalant behavior um, causes problem for these people, because if you enter into a fraudulent marriage, this could be an immigration is a fraudulent marriage, it could lead to, obviously, a deportation. And it will also lead to the fact that you will never be able to, um, even if it doesn't go to the deportation stage, it will lead to the to the the, the conclusion in that rejection that hey, it's a fraudulent marriage, and you will ne- never be able to legalize in the United States of America. So you again. kind
1: of had like have like a red flag on yourself.
3: Well, yeah, well, no, well, a red flag. Hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a double red flag double because you would never be able if immigration determined that that marriage was fraudulent. Mm-hmm. It's a $250,000 fine, 10 years in prison. That's uh, for um,
1: the, the person right? petitioning?
3: Well, it could be for anyone, anyone. because fraud, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And also, um, it's a lifetime ban for immigration benefits. But with a Stokes interview, it's like the regular interview, except that, obviously, the interviews held in separate, um, the beneficiary and the petitioner will be in different rooms. So... Um, You know, obviously, when you go to immigration, they will swear you in. They could tape or videotape the um, interview. They'll review all the original documents with the copies that you bring. And obviously, they keep the copies and give you back the originals. And the line of questioning could be 50, 100, 150 questions. I don't know. It It could linger on. It could A regular interview, the first one is just probably less than an hour. But a Stokes interview could be, obviously, an hour or more. And at the Stokes interview, after they review all the documents, they will put one of the spouses outside and ask the uh, petitioner, let's say, 50 to 100 questions. And they will ask questions like, uh, Big C, when you came to the interview (laughs) here today, (laughs) you know, we know you love this lady, you know. She real, real beautiful. I know how you get a woman, but you know. Hey, yeah, you know. You're lucky. You get you're a citizen, you're tracking you're tracking bees and some of the best. a queen bee, you get it. You understand? So um, I don't know who telling you that, your lawyer or the immigration officer. Alright? Um, but it's a beautiful lady. She likes a Coca-Cola bottle, you know. And Coca-Cola bottle come in different sizes. It could be a, a slim Coca-Cola bottle, or it could be a tick, or a tick, tick, tick bo- Coca-Cola bottle. Anyway, so he'll ask, they ask you questions like, uh, Big C, um, when you came to the interview today, um, how did you all get here? Bus, train, you know? Uh, who closed the door when you all left home this morning? How many locks on the door? When you came home last night, what was your wife doing? Hopefully cooking you a good meal, I don't know, you understand? Um, what was she wearing? What were you wearing? And remember, his spouse is outside, so he don't know, she doesn't know the questions, you mm-hmm. know sign? Um, you know, how, how many windows in your bedroom, Mr. Big C? Um, how many drawers, you have a chest of drawers? Which drawer is for your wife underwear? Which drawer is for your underwear? Um... When you walk into your bathroom, is the toilet paper on the left side, the right side, or in front of you? What color is your shower curtain? What color is your wife's toothbrush? What color is your toothbrush? You have a smoke detector in the apartment? Which, roo- which wall is it on? Which room is it in? You know. Um, when was the last time you all went out for dinner together? What restaurant did you eat at? What, you know, What did you order? What did she order? What did she drink? What did you drink? Let me see your wedding ring. Hopefully you're wearing your wedding ring, <laughs> you know. Take off your wedding ring. They might want to see marks on your hand, I don't know. Uh, who bought the wedding ring? Was it cash? Was it credit card, you know? Um, you know, so what did you all do for Christmas together? What gift did you get your wife? What gift did she get you? What did you eat on Christmas Day, you know? um You know, we had a client once, and he bought nothing for his wife, and he said, "Look, I buy her a diamond ring." <laughs> right, but the man was embarrassed; he didn't want to. You understand? So he couldn't choose
1: a more modest yeah, to lie yeah, about. Like,
3: you know, because you know, not
1: going to piss the woman off. Yeah, that didn't, she she didn't get no diamond ring. So <laughs> when she came
3: in to the room, and she's and they asked her the same questions, mm. right? She said, "Well, he didn't get me nothing for Christmas." You understand? And then when the officer say, well, look, could you explain why she say nothing and you say a nice diamond ring or whatever, mm. you guys say, well, look, you know, I was embarrassed. You understand? So, obviously, at these interviews, you cannot make up an answer. If you cannot remember, you should say you cannot remember, don't make up an answer either. But, you know, that's how life is. People sometimes would say something, either they're guessing or they obviously embarrassed or whatever. Um so if the if the officer was to say, you know, um, well, you know, when you have you know, when you have intimate relationships with your wife, is it protected or unprotected sex? What are you gonna say? Well obviously if it's protected sex, you have to say that. And if they ask what are the birthmarks on your wife's body describe and describe your birthmarks because they wanna ask her now, you understand? So what if
1: the room is always dark, Mr. Figaro?
3: Well, (laughs) yeah. That's how you do it, in the dark?
1: No, I'm just asking. There's some people who you do You never turn on the light? No, there's
3: no light right. at ask You shouldn't ask Mr. Big C, sit down there, he ain't saying nothing anymore. No, but I'm
1: asking you because, yeah. I mean, there's some people who right, are very so, shy. So and so in
3: donut, th- right, so in, 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 anytime you go in for an interview with a green card and somebody petition them, just make sure you always have the light on. You <laughs> understand what I'm saying? I mean, if the wife she <laughs> and she always have on some sort of I don't know before she go into she jump in the bed she lying down on the bed up with the sheet up before you going I don't know. Uh, what you should have done is before you get married, say lady, take them stockings off, let me see on your legs. Cause I ain't gonna marry you t- and be scared to get in my bed. That's a song, right? Song like, what is you name of that song? Yeah. A big see but well, you give my mother. I don't know. You know, oh song, but, but actually. All these different, whether it be soccer, reggae, everything. They talk about life and relationships and what have you. And sometimes they say life Im- imitates art or art imitates life. And then obviously the obvious questions they could ask is about siblings or mother-in-law or father-in-law or whatever. And sometimes obviously like real life, bona fide relationships, people don't get along with the siblings. You know, the parents didn't want to come to the wedding, whatever, or... You know the you know it might be a mixed marriage, and sometimes you have obviously problems there where parents may not know um and obviously there' are obviously gay relationships where um parents don't consent or even the siblings, and you find that obviously you know you don't have those pictures or what have you, but those are legit situations that you could explain to the immigration officer in terms of why that person may not be at the marriage or whatever. And then obviously, you know, obviously a lot of times parents live overseas or in other states. So, um, you know, those issues come up, but you have to deal with it in a practical and honest way. All right. right, Yes.
1: So this is Ask the Lawyer. You have the questions. We've got the answers. If you are if your spouse is petitioning for you, you need to get that consultation in. you need to prepare yourself. Call us right now. 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. And Mr. Figueroa, just to summarize here. Um, how important it is, you know, just if you can just emphasize the importance of having that legal consultation, you know, when you go going No,
3: well, Not only that, they obviously have um, a legal... You must have a, 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 an attorney at the interview. Um, you also have to have... Um, so if you're going to a Stokes interview, make sure you have representation. In, s- in some states, more so than other states in the tri-state area, immigration actually send representatives to your home. So an immigration officer could come to your home, um, an immigration officer could talk to your landlord. Um, so we, are, we have seen those situations where immigration believe it's not a bona fide marriage, and they send into uh, investigators on the field. Miss Phillip?
1: Alright, so do you need an attorney for legal knowledge, or you de- do you need an attorney to help you fill that form, or is it a combination of both?
3: Well, it's a combination of both, but obviously you want an experienced attorney, you need an attorney that is a member of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, minimum. It, you know, obviously when attorneys belong to these various associations, it shows some sort of professionalism to the field that they practice in. Uh, Ms. Philip? All right.
1: So immigration law is complex. It's dynamic. You need to get the right information to make the right decision. You need to have the right attorney on your side. The lawyer you hire does make a difference. And when it comes to your immigration situation... You need to have the right attorney by your side. This is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions. We've got the answers. You have the opportunity right now for free, no-obligation legal consultation. Do not take your immigration situation lightly. Do not try to do it by yourself. It's not a do-it-yourself situation. You need to have attorney representation. You need to have an attorney who has over two decades practicing immigration law, an attorney who is a member of AILA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association. And this attorney is right here, Mr. Brian Figueroa Esquire. So take advantage. Call right now, 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. This is Ask the Lawyer. You have questions. We've got the answers. Call us right now. 855-768-8845. 855 768 8845. Hey, New York, let's protect our children. Look for signs of multi system inflammatory syndrome in children. This is a new health condition associated with COVID 19. Seek care if your child has a persistent fever and any of these symptoms irritability, sluggishness, abdominal pain, diarrhea vomiting, lack of appetite, red or pink eyes, red cracked lips, red tongue, swollen hands or feet, or a rash. If your child is severely ill, go to the emergency room or call 911 immediately.
2: Do you need to do a deed transfer? Figaro and Associates would be happy to help. We would be glad to assist you. With adding a spouse, family member or partner to a deed, removing an individual from a deed, Call the law firm of Figaro & Associates at 855-768-8845. Again, 855-768-8845.
1: Are you a landlord with a tenant from hell? Are you a tenant with a slump landlord? You have rights. Don't take matters in your own hands. Let us handle matters for you legally. Call the law firm of
4: Figaro & Associates today for a free consultation. Call
1: 855-768-8845. That's 855-768-8845. Remember, the lawyer you hire
5: does make a difference. Do you have a legal issue, question, or concern? Turn to Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us. You can also register for our free paralegal program, get legal news, business consults, or other information on educational issues. Yes. Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us.
6: My name is Aisha Hodge, and I'm here with Norma Lewis. We are representing Figure and Associates today. We are here to talk to you about personal injury, and I have Norma, who is going to explain to you what is personal injury law.
4: Personal injury law covers any wrong or damage done to your person, property, rights, or reputation resulting from someone else's negligence. This type of injury could either be physical or psychological, and the mean. Issue at hand, it's basically determining who is at fault or who is negligent or careless.
6: Um, So could you tell us a little bit about the different types of claims that will come under or consider to be personal injury claims? Well, in New York City,
4: personal injury claims can be very extensive, and it, it can include claims such as negligence, slip and fall cases, premises liability, auto accidents, bus accidents, even claims against the city of New York, where persons are alleging negligence on the part of a city agent or a municipality.
6: I know that um, you mentioned something about claims against the city. Um, what is one of the things that we should factor in when we're filing a claim? Um, such, for example, like, is there a limit? You know, how do we go about, you know, executing if there is a claim to begin with? Well,
4: claims against the city, the most and the first important thing that must be done is the party, that is the the plaintiff, must file his or her notice of claim within a 90-day period. That is a document that basically notifies the, s- the city that the party intends to file a cl- suit against it.
6: Is that specific for accident, like that time frame? Is it for accident? Is it for slip and fall? Um, does it extend differently depending on the type of injury or the type of claim? Could you narrow on that a little bit more? Sure, Aisha.
4: Well, as I said, Claims against the city or the municipality of New York, those claims have to be filed within 90 days. Actually, the entire claim process is one year and 90 days. But let's, let's say you have a private um, incident or accident involving two private parties, the statute of limitation, according to the CPLR, it's, For negligent cases, it's usually three years from the date the cause of action accrued. Usually for malpractice or even podiatry um, malpractice or even dentistry malpractice, those cases
6: are usually two and a half years from the date the cause of action accrued. You also mentioned before about car accidents being another type of claim. What would you say a person should do? In the case of an accident, like on the scene, um, should the driver stop at fault or, you know, what would they do in the case of a car accident? What are the steps that someone should take?
4: Well, as you mentioned, Aisha, auto accident cases are the most popular cases that we have it we actually come across or interview or even have consultations with over the phone. Mm -hmm.
6: Well, pretty yes. much, I was just trying to see, like, okay, in the case of a car accident, how do you treat a car accident claim? Okay. Uh, me as the the, the driver or your know, pedestrian or whatever, what are the steps to take, you know, in that type of case? Since they're so, you know, abundant now in New York, everyone might say, well, okay, well, my claim is nothing, you know, I might be at fault. You know, just tell, you know, what do we do in um on an accident scene? Okay. Should the driver stop? Should the driver go? You know, people sometimes, you know, they want to flee. Yeah, And And then they want to claim later for (laughs) a different type of thing. So, you know, what is to expect like in a case like that? Because we don't plan an accident. It just happens.
4: Yes, that's so true. First, you must stop any party that is involved in a a motor vehicle accident, whether it's a bus or a car or even a pedestrian knockdown case. It is advised or recommended that they stop at the accident scene. And that's required by law. If you leave the scene of an accident, you can be charged Mm -hmm. as a hit and run.
6: We're at the scene now. What kind of information should we obtain? Like, we know that we want to exchange insurance information, X, Y, and Z. What are some of the things we should be doing at, on the scene? As you, you're correct, Aisha,
4: as you mentioned
6: that um, insurance information
4: has to be exchanged. But first and foremost, I would want to suggest that someone calls am the police. The mm-hmm. police has to be involved, especially if it's a very severe or mm-hmm. traumatic accident. Mm-hmm. Once po- the police gets involved, obviously they're going to have a completed police report and they're going to ask um, the relevant information, which would include the driver's name, his address, date of birth, and telephone number, which is basically the contact information,
6: mm-hmm.
4: Their insurance company, that, um, or the carrier. Yeah. Okay. The other cars, which is the defendant, the other cars make your model and license plate. Now, if the driver is not the owner, mm. you will need to provide the owner's name, address, telephone, number, and insurance company. If mm. there are witnesses on the scene, it, it's good to have take their numbers and contact information for witnesses. Mm. So at least if a suit is eventually brought in court, okay. you would have witnesses to corroborate your story.
6: Now we can probably look at it in the sense after... You've already made your report, now the police is already on the scene, you exchange information. What what really happens after that? Do you then contact like the insurance company? What 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 does someone do after that? What what's normally the process? Because I know many of people have gone to insurance companies, try to settle and so forth. So we're trying to pretty much understand where does the lawyer come in now?
4: Let's say the negotiations fell through at the insurance stages, and the parties are not satisfied with whatever settlement based on the injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, I would advise them to obviously consult with an attorney.
6: Okay.
4: And if which let's we say, do, yeah, yes. And it, let's say based on the extent of injuries, the inconveniences, and things of that nature resulting from the negligence of the party, the lawyer decides to take your case. Would be recommended or advised that they file a summons and complaint in the Supreme Court of the Mm -hmm. state of New York, which would basically give them some some form of redress or relief Mm -hmm. for the negligence that happened to them.
6: Okay, and could you um, give some information as how they can contact you um, in regards to consulting if they do have a personal injury matter? And also, you know, what can they bring to support? What would right. support their claims? The necessary documents that w-
4: they should definitely bring with them on their first interview or consultation would be medical records, basically detailing the extent of their injuries, police report, especially if it's an, it was an auto accident, photos pictures or any um, from the crime scene, witness statements, um, just to name a few. But the main thing I think, at least especially from that in that first consultation, we would have them sign a HIPAA, which is a medical release form, giving us the authority to request medical information for them and also for the defendant in case there's an issue with cause the cause of the injuries and things like that.
5: Do you have a legal issue, question or concern? turn to Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us Again, www.askthelawyer.us You can also register for our free paralegal program, get legal news, business consults, or other information on educational issues. Yes, Ask the Lawyer. You have questions? We've got answers. For a free consultation or to refer a client, visit www.askthelawyer.us. Again, www.askthelawyer.us.
3: You can divorce your spouse but not the debts that you are jointly responsible for. Good day. My name is Brian Figueroa of Figueroa & Associates. I hope that this presentation on divorce and bankruptcy is helpful. But remember, you should hire an attorney. Because so many people going through divorce are under financial stress, they often think about the possibility of bankruptcy as a way to get control of everything. If you are thinking about bankruptcy, or more importantly, if your spouse is thinking about it, you are smart to pay attention to this information because the way you word your divorce settlement can have a lot to do with how the bankruptcy affects your divorce and vice versa. You can divorce your spouse, but you cannot divorce your debts. Spouses, for the most part, are responsible for each other's debts. The courts can divide the debts of the marriage using the rules of equitable distribution, but the creditors do not have to recognize the matrimonial court's decision. If the marital debts are overwhelming and you fall under the guidelines of the bankruptcy means test, then a joint bankruptcy filing with your spouse may be your best option. Another solution is placing a lien on your ex-spouse's property until their share of debts are paid, thus safeguarding yourself from paying the ex's debts without recourse. Some debts are not dischargeable in bankruptcy filing, such as alimony and child support. If you need additional information about this topic, please call Figueroa Associates at 718-834-0190. Again, 718-834-0190. You can also visit our website at www.falaw.us. Again, www.falaw.us. Thank you for listening.
1: this is where we come towards the end of our show we want to thank you so much for joining us remember you have the opportunity for free no obligation legal consultation on absolutely any legal issue or concern that you may have the number to call the number to share and the number to keep is 855-768-8845 that's 8557688845 and you can also visit us at us. that's us. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there biological and otherwise Also, June is Caribbean American Month, and number 45 in his proclamation is giving praise to a baseball Puerto Rican player. There are so many Caribbean Americans who have such great uh, achievements, and um, he could have just chosen Bob Marley. But hey, it's Caribbean American Month. We have lots to be proud of, lots to celebrate. And remember that you can go to cawnyc.com, that's cawnyc.com where you can participate in the census it only takes 10 minutes it's very important and you can read the latest issue of caribbean american weekly the big story the united states can't breathe breathe. be happy stay well be safe